0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. What is this? Pray, move these people back. Welcome to Subversive Cinema. Some, some,
1: some, some,
0: hey, how do everybody? Welcome back for another episode is Art Hall here, your host. I am your Wrangler of the Weird, Purveyor of the Peculiar, and your Diplomat of the Disturbing. And oh boy, is today just a smidge of all of them. Uh, we are here to talk about 2017's film, Assholes, directed by Peter Vack. And to do that, I have an old friend of mine, Al Soto. Al, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm feeling
1: like a complete asshole today. No, I'm
0: joking. great. So uh, you've never seen this movie before. Uh, are you not. happy that I?
1: Are you happy that I made you watch it? I am. Um, I don't know if happy is the right word, <laughs> but uh, there were so several parts where I was entertained. There were several parts where I was very disgusted. And there might have been a couple uh, aspects of the film that were a little titillating, um, and there was definitely some shock value. So there. All kinds of things going on with this movie, Artie. All kinds of
0: things. It it covers a lot of the gamut. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how we parse this out. So the deal with this is we're here to break down this movie and figure out what makes up its particular brand of subversive sauce. That's the thing that gives this movie and all others like it that sort of pizzazz that what the fuck, you know. And typically those ingredients are based out of character story and the WTF factor. So... I'm going to break down the movie real quick, then we're going to get into the characters. So Assholes is a, (laughs) it's a story about love. It's a story about addiction, about poppers, assholes, and perhaps a shit demon. It is all over the place. You have this story that starts with Ada Shapiro in her therapist's office. And we're learning that she is a recovering addict. And as the story progresses, her brother is a bit of a dick. He doesn't care about her sobriety, gets her hooked back on to drugs with weed because Lord knows that's the starter drug. She catches herpes from her own brother, hooks Mm. up with an old friend, and then those two who are struggling with sobriety end up falling off the wagon, going hard into poppers. And what follows after this is this strange odyssey into this weird sexual obsession with assholes and just assholes in general. Literally everything in this movie is about assholes, whether it be the physical or it be about the personality and just right. the unlikability of everybody. Correct. So it, we'll get through this as we go, but man, so let's talk about characters. Did any characters stand out to you as particularly memorable, and why?
1: I mean, I mean, Ada Shapiro is a star. I mean, uh, Betsy Brown, the actress that Betsy played, Brown, yep. portrays, that portrays Ada, she is a freaking star. She's just an incredible actress. She's amazing looking, but she takes on this character that I'm just like, wow, I'm just kind of completely in awe of and um, handled the material that she was given and, and, um, and did it in such a, an amazing and weird and wacky way. You know, um, uh, she's, she's the sign. She's the shining star in this film. Without a question. All right. Rock and roll. See, I have to give a little bit of a, I have to give a bit of a head
0: nod to Patrick LaBella who plays patrick labella the analyst because
1: oh, wow. in the okay. history
0: of cinema i don't know if there's ever been a least effective psychoanalyst ever <laughs> this <laughs> okay. guy he just sits there doesn't say a whole lot and when he does have something to say it, it's really not offering much so he really stuck out to me as what is this guy's deal what is his plan <laughs> But maybe that's an indictment of psychoanalysis all over. I don't know. Maybe someone
1: I I wouldn't pursue uh, pursue as my psychotherapist.
0: (laughs) Fun thing about this movie is this is 100% a family affair. Not only did Peter direct it, who he plays in it as the brother of Ada. So Peter Vack plays Adam Shapiro, brother to Ada Shapiro, played by Betsy Brown. But the real life parents, Ron Brown and Jane Brown, play the parents in the film. So here you got Peter directing his sister into doing some really, really interesting stuff. And I tell you what, one thing about this movie that stands out to me is this is clearly, clearly a New York movie because there's the energy of it, but also these actors swing for the fucking fences. And honestly, I don't know if it's either the New York thespian in them or if it's the fact that it's a family affair that these are the only people who would trust you know, uh, Peter, to do and serve his vision the way he imagined it, because you know, there's that, some that extreme stuff. Make,
1: can I add that that that's how they got that amazing um, footage of them as children, and and the and the photos as well.
0: It's great because you're seeing the young parents and the children, and it just really works in there.
1: So are Peter and Betsy's real life siblings?
0: They are his real wow. his real name. His last name is Brown, but he i I believe it's Brown. He just goes by his stage name is Back Peter Back. Wow
1: unbelievable wow mm-hmm.
0: and actually something interesting too i have not seen the film yet though i really want to his father is also a filmmaker and right. he directed them both uh in a movie called consent where it is about some lines being towed and crossed between siblings and relationships that are appropriate again starring betsy and peter's brother and sister so his family is a wow. very very forward-thinking artsy sort of family.
1: I, I think a little crazy to kind of, um, I mean, imagine you're, you're uh, you're the dad of, of Betsy and she's eating um, the asshole of, of Aaron Jack in various different positions. Um, and they're, they're okay with it. They're somehow okay with that.
0: Hey man, when you're making art, you're making art. <laughs> the other guy I want to call out is the other lead. Uh, jack dunphy who plays aaron mark um i tell you what it's interesting this guy has not done a lot but he is fucking ballsy uh we'll get to the whole scene that takes place in Times square in new york yeah
1: i'm really curious if you did some research on that scene
0: talk about a dude who commits to whatever he's doing and he's he's going for it he's swinging for the for the fences as we've already said um and both of them Betsy and Jack, managed to take these characters who are just pretty much utterly reprehensible. And somehow through their codependence on each other, that actually equates or, or almost can be perceived as love. And that actually gives them a bit of redemption, even though they are just these petulant people, you know? In fact, I want to play a little clip just uh, so that the audience can hear what one of their early dates sounds like
1: i <laughs> oh, little baby, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, Oh, that kill that. Spin. Oh. Oh. All right. spin all
0: over me. On. Oh. 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 Oh.
1: Oh. 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 Oh.
0: This is a nice dinner indeed. So here you have, wow. you have Aaron and Ada hopped up on poppers. It transitions wonderfully from this extreme close-up of this just very, very gooey, moist tongue kiss to another one in a different area. And we pull out to reveal that they're actually sitting at the table in a restaurant with the family for family dinner, herpes all over their noses. It's just, I mean, this that's their relationship, 100%. <laughs>
1: It's It's a match made in weird hell, I guess.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So let's talk about weird hell. So this entire movie is it's 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 as if it takes place in some sort of weird parallel universe where everything's just a little bit left footed. Everybody is a little strange. Things seem familiar, but every single person we see who opens their mouth is just not quite plugged in.
1: Uh, I see what you did. Was plugged in. I get it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even realize it until <laughs> you said it.
1: So then what
0: the, it, it creates a, a great fertile ground for the story to evolve from them not only going through this crazy, crazy romance whirlwind of depravity and falling off the bandwagon and getting hooked on poppers. It culminates in this weird eloping scene where they go and they get married, apparently, and they're running around Times Square. And this was all shot, by the way, uh, guerrilla style. So nobody knew what was going on. Um, this guy, the actor uh, Jack, he accosts a municipal worker who's trying to clean up, trying to take bags of garbage. He's crawling on cabs.
1: He's not an actor.
0: And he's he's just he's just no, none of these people are actors. He's, he's little... trying to pick fights with people. And and this is the only time I would say that occasionally you can see Betsy break character a little bit is when she sees that he's going too far. And she maintains most of her character, but you can see a hint of her sort of sobering up and smiling and trying to diffuse the situation. And it all ratchets up when he bursts into an AMC in New York and shouting in the lobby and they get kicked out by security. Uh, And then, you know, we get into this crazy sex scene where they're eating each other's butts in multiple (laughs) positions. And next thing you know, they're in a kiddie pool halfway through the movie and she shits out this demon mephistopheles this giant turd demon played by eileen deets who is right character was just so goofy man um and she uh mephistopheles becomes a member of their family kind of hangs out for a while (laughs) uh cures them temporarily of their nose herpes but they still got some of the lip herpes right and then things take a really
1: weird turn all of it
0: yeah, when, uh, when they actually start to become literal assholes, their lifestyle has impacted them so much that they metamorphosize, uh, medicine, you know, they metamorphosize into actual assholes. So their faces they are
1: fart too. Well,
0: they're, they they're... do because they're breathing out and they're screaming and that's the air moving out. Yeah, they, they make Coming a lot of flatulence. Assholes.
1: Mm -hmm. Holy, there's a lot of WTF moments and everything you just said. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: we'll get to that just briefly because I have a feeling this next question will be pretty quick. So, the big thing is the story. I just gave you the story, essentially, you know. Um, So, did it make sense?
1: Well, um, for uh, for accepting the film for what it is, is is extreme um, art with some shock value uh, played into it, some crazy fantasy. With the Mephistopheles. Mef- Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Um, um, I don't think anything's supposed to make sense, really. You know, <laughs> I think it's just kind of meant for purely shock value. There, there is one aspect that I still, I, I'm not really understanding is what is the motivation for Ada to want to kill her brother, Adam?
0: I can tell you what I believe it is. Okay. So here's in a nutshell. He was in the beginning, he has, the, it's I wouldn't say the clearest arc, but he has a very, very pronounced arc in that he flips like a coin. In the beginning, he's this loser douchebag who's just getting high all the time. Right. He gets her off of her bandwagon. She's starting to get her shit together. He gets her high, gives her herpes that now is all over the place. And then as her life is falling apart at the seams, his life suddenly snaps into clarity and he cleans up. He starts wearing nice clothes. He shaves, he does his hair. And now he wants to go study and he wants to be a psychoanalyst. It's literally, they're diametrically opposed in each way. And it's almost as if she had life going for, her, and he managed to snatch it away and sort of give her the curse of being an asshole, if that makes sense. So Um, there's some resentment there of just wanting to kill this fucking guy because the parents clearly like him more. At all the dinners, you know, she was like on the side. If you notice in the first dinner before um, her and Aaron start hanging out, she's sitting between the parents and then he's on the other, you know, the brother's on the side with Aaron. And as the, the movie develops and the relationships change, now he's sitting on the side with the parents and she's on the other side with Aaron. So it's almost like there's this, the team of having your ship together, which is symbolized by the parents and the team of being a fuck up, which is, which is Aaron Mark and whoever you're sitting with is who you're playing. You know, that's what I'd say. That's, that's what made sense to me was this Uh, motivation to kill the guy who ruined
1: it for her. I mean, I think it's a little extreme if I'm being honest. (laughs) Well, it's kind of
0: funny to say that this is where we're going to start parsing out extremity for this movie when people turn (laughs) into an orifice
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, expect the unexpected when it comes to this film. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of what the fuck
0: moments. So the story, you know, it 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 made sense for what it was, but did it really? Not really. But the what the fuck moments are abounding head over heels from the fact that, you know, they sit there and they have bathroom snuggles while she's taking a dump and he's sitting across from her and, you know, cuddling her
1: to Wow. And,
0: um, You know, That's he has true a, love. True, that is true love. True love. He has this Uh, delightfully vulgar speech that I would like to share with the audience uh, now. I just love to see assholes open up. It's like they Mm. blossom into... Do you know what a gape is? Yeah. That's what I'm referring to. Like, this, just... And the shit I'm into, American actresses won't even do. Like, 99% of the videos I watch are not made in this country, which makes me feel sort of cosmopolitan in a strange sense. But I'm talking about hardcore degrading violent ass fucking like the way just fucking an ass like the way you would a pussy but harder than you would a pussy because pussies seem like they would break eventually but an asshole is strong so there you go um and as i'm listening to that again mm. i feel like there is there is some subtext here in him saying about assholes being strong um it's almost like he's self-aware He knows who he is, what kind of guy he is. He also has this fetish. And maybe that's why he's such a a brazen asshole when he's running around the streets of New York trying to pick fights with everybody because he feels, you know, invincible. You know,
1: can I make a comment on how they got away with that being, I guess, a guerrilla style type of shoot? I mean, obviously, you still have to get permission and, and, and written consent to be featured in this film. If, if they're, if you're using actual people that are not actors or not background actors in the scene, how did the how the hell they do that?
0: I don't know. I haven't found the exact answer, but what I would think is that they probably had as a lot of major shows do when they go filming in public areas. And it's just, they don't want to impede natural traffic because they're going to do sort of an incognito naturalistic look. They put up signs that say, please uh, please be aware if they have a permit for this. And actually, I don't know. New York is one of those places where you don't really need permits half the time. Um, <laughs> but if you put up signs that say, please be aware, we are filming a film. And by crossing line of sight, you agree to be a part of this movie.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, one for all I know, the cameraman
0: could have been wearing a sandwich board sign that had all that shit on it. I don't know. But that's, actually, awesome.
1: that's actually a probable idea. That's probably how they got away with it. Because, I mean, that was just... In awe of what they got away with shooting in the the midst of the, the the hustle and bustle of Times Square. I mean, that's just and and of course, for him not not getting into a serious fight. I don't know if it, it made it was in the cutting room floor a floor, but there's certainly grounds for him to be kind of like <laughs> you know someone punching him. You know, so I kudos to uh, to them and to the filmmakers on, on how they got away with that. Quite frankly.
0: Yeah, it was pretty, pretty nutty. And yeah. I call that some real brave filmmaking. Yeah. So uh, some
1: WTF moments. Um, where would you like to start? Oh, man, because, it, you know, it really started off a, as a comedy, as, as, as a, a realistic dramedy comedy, um, you know. And then um, the first WTF moment was really the shit demon because it it took a supernatural turn at that point. But you found it that late in the movie. See, I found, Mm -hmm. for me,
0: um, what is quite possibly one of the most horrific images ever caught on camera. And that is around the 20-minute mark when Aaron discovers his dick is littered with herpes. And the audience (laughs) is treated to essentially an uncensored WebMD-style camera shot of... The actor's junk done up with their prosthetic herpes lesions.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely fucking nasty. It's it's a long shot. It's like about a minute
0: of him fondling it and playing with it. So for me, that was one of the earlier WTFs. If I'm not even going to bring out just the general odd behavior. Everyone behaves oddly. And it's almost unsettling because this is the sort of stuff where if people did this in real life,
1: I would freak out because I'd feel like either I'm crazy or the rest of the world's crazy. Yeah. And they're not afraid of herpes. They, they will willingly made out each other tongue, wrestled each other, fucked each other, gave each other, you know, oral sex, knowing that there's herpes all over the place. And they just didn't give a fuck. Well, I think Aaron didn't
0: care. And then when he wakes up with it on his junk, then he goes to the clinic with her and then that's when she just you know essentially says hey you know this is what it is um maybe we should just keep fucking each other because we both have this thing and (laughs) if there's ever been a stronger ground to start a relationship then show me where because that seems to take the cake yeah
1: yeah certainly so i mean they should date each other i mean they have herpes all over their face and it, it clearly, who wants to date a, a girl when she clearly has herpes all over her face and vice versa? Who would to date Aaron um, knowing that he's got herpes all over his dick? So, yeah, that was a logical pairing right there for sure. And uh, did, did this
0: movie make you uh, either curious or just absolutely hungry for poppers? <laughs> I mean, it seems like they're having a hell of a fun time.
1: <laughs> I don't know man i mean um I, the, the 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 behavior was very erratic um i it's interesting because after seeing such erratic behavior it's like oh my god i would never want to make that mistake but at the same time maybe in their shoes uh as the popper taker the perspective has changed and that it would be a cool thing to do so but from a viewer standpoint i would say no fair enough fair enough <laughs> Um, uh, What did you think about,
0: there was a, uh, I don't want to say specifically when, because it's still fun for people to get shocked by some stuff, but there was a jump scare that happened in the movie that's very much reminiscent of the sort of shit you'd see in a meme, and that was when Mephistopheles' face pops up yeah initially
1: before she's born out of the butt right
0: yeah but again let's not say what's happening in the scene so at least there's that element of surprise right but so i totally forgot about that from the first time i had seen this movie to this time and i was like oh
1: jesus what is that (laughs) i know that was whoa holy hell holy hell that was yeah that was scary as fuck that was scary as fuck so we got
0: got we got got
1: it we got got yeah the memes or um take me back to uh Pee Wee Herman's big adventure when when the the truck driver you know face gets all like crazy um spoiler alert for film uh, for the 80s but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah it was it was a, a particularly scary unexpected moment
0: for sure yeah So and then um there was the uh then there's the famous dinner scene that did not go quite according to plan um you know uh, the visual is something to behold but for for funsies i'm gonna go ahead and play the audio of it for our audience here so yeah it was a it was an amazing session oh, i am blown away i mean you should write this up to put, it should go in a journal it, it's unreal I, I you you seem so seasoned thanks yeah I, I mean i was very very happy with how i handled
1: them Okay,
0: oh, no, 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 no! Help them! Help them! Oh my God! So yeah, they're at dinner and um, they vomit up poop um, because this is the precursor to becoming assholes. So that was wonderfully foul. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how it's really depending on the context of what is available and what has been seen or known in cinema, because when this movie came out. A lot of the people who reviewed it, they called it flat out the most disgusting movie ever made this, that and the other Mm -hmm. thing. Right. Which I would say, I guess, by whose metric, really? Is it because it deals with poop and assholes? Or what? Because I mean, there's plenty of body horror films that are equally as disgusting, if not more so. Right. I mean, and then there's horror movies that are just, you know, in their own right, revolting. With, ton, so, with tons of gore, yeah. Yeah, so I'd be curious, you know, what do you think it is that makes this particular brand of what the fuck more disgusting or just as disgusting as anything else or less?
1: Um. There, there's, uh, I think people always say there's an aversion to, to feces, to human excrement, to shit, to me out of that. Uh. People don't like it. People hate it. They think it's disgusting. Um, if I recall, I remember reading that people think the most disgusting stench is smelling someone else's shit. Um, granted, we don't. I guess some people don't mind smelling their own shit, but <laughs> but smelling someone else's shit is the most disgusting thing in the world. So you put that in film, um, and it's just it just becomes utterly, utterly disgusting and vile. And I don't think anything can top that. Not any kind of gore um, in the world can top. Uh, that kind of vile disgusting um choices in 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 what they did in the film makes sense yeah
0: makes sense so what do you think about the fact that this movie in some ways i don't know i wouldn't necessarily call it autobiographical but you know peter vac is mining a lot of his own experience i mean first of all let's just go ahead and call this out for what it is this is an incredibly white movie uh, but that's because it's a story being told from the Upper uh, West Side which is a lot of well-to-do white folks his parents were mm-hmm. um, these, you know, filmmaker and uh, his mother was a psychoanalyst so there's yes. a lot of, you know, what, there's a lot of his own life injected into this it seems wow. like and, you know, and he made this trying to to find, I guess a different take on the neurotic the archetype of the neurotic New Yorker saying okay what can we do that would be a little different to really look at these you know these upper middle class people being racist and horrible as you know we we see during his Times square rampage right (laughs) he's running around (laughs) um so i don't know do you think that he's uh do you think that's just he's pulling inspiration or you think he's actually trying to say something or, or are we just reading too deep into this
1: Maybe I think we're reading a little too deep into it because um, there's already a lot going on. Um, and I think if you add anything uh, underlying um, themes into it, you're, it's just going to get too complex. So uh, I accept it for what it is, um, a comedy sh- uh, slash shock value um, drama. I guess a dramedy. How would you describe this genre? Uh I actually would call it a comedy because yeah. it
0: is just you know grotesquely funny. Uh, it, it no, this movie does start out kind of echoing the sentiment and feeling of mumblecore,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: as soon as the vulgarity and you know all the ass stuff comes into play, then we throw mumblecore out the window. Right. It becomes whatever it is, <laughs> but yeah, I would call it a comedy. Yeah, okay. So what's fun about this is. You know he, he made this movie without his agents knowing, and clearly, wow. as you know, he's an actor, he's had parts. In fact, he's he had some it.
1: good credits,
0: yeah. He made this with so the I'm money thinking. he earned from Mozart in the Jungle from playing wow. the, uh, the part of the boyfriend in that, right? And so, he has representation. He sort of did this behind his uh, his team's back because he knew. That this wasn't exactly a commercial proposition, right? Nobody would know what to do with it. But right. he took that sweet, sweet Amazon money and made this with his friends and family.
1: Yep. and here we are. <laughs> so I think that's the only way he could have done it. Because I mean, he's got some great agents, and uh, I'm sure if this was not his film, and he gave the agents that script of assholes, they would fucking say no. There's no way in hell are you doing this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I take it. But uh...
0: so I just want to read a quote from him on uh, when he's talking about this film and and some of the reasons of why it is what it is. And he said to me, "Movies that are gross are about vulnerability and our most intimate relationships with family. We let ourselves become diseased, covered in shit. Our assholes do grow over our faces. We become our worst selves. That is something I struggle with." <laughs> So it does sound like there's a bit of an allegory he's doing now for all we know, maybe that's just something he came up with after he did it. He's like, fuck it. I'll just tell everybody this. And then it sounds
1: good. (laughs) Yep. I hope there's an assholes too down there. Well, I mean,
0: given the way it ended, which by the way, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about too, is how it, the last 20 minutes or so of this movie, it, actually, sorry, about last 15 minutes or so. It becomes a documentary, right? It becomes a mockumentary done in the style of the TV show Intervention, which, by the way, right. I have to say, this was pitch perfect when it comes to the music that they use, the editing, the camera work, and the music cues. Mm-hmm. It, that was, It's such a huge curveball in the way the story's been told, but I think it works because it's done well. And it just ends with this very ghastly intervention sequence and uh but you know long story short everybody ends up happy they have a baby they have a little asshole asshole baby. their faces never return the normal but you know the family (laughs) seems to deal with them for what it is and we're treated to a great moving diorama of the family photos at the very end of what this new asshole means for the family So I guess maybe oh part two, if there is one, would be the sitcom or the family comedy version with a family of assholes.
1: The assholes family. The, the, the family I, think we, had, I assholes. think we should
0: contact Peter and say, hey,
1: yeah. you know, have you
0: thought about making a show or a TV, a
1: movie called Right The Assholes, where it's now right. about them. As a-, <laughs> as a family, that's great. But yeah, I, I definitely chuckled when they were talking and they were farting as they were talking because... That was <laughs> did they really ex- did they explain I guess the catalyst for them to for for the transition from from normal human face to asshole face what was the catalyst I think it's that they just crossed a line okay
0: okay there's a couple things I'm gonna backpedal on my first thing about them vomiting shit and then that being the first step in their change I will right. change that and say perhaps Mephistopheles gave them an opportunity to do better. And that final moment of vomiting this vitriol out was the last of it. They had a chance to be clean and sober and free, right? So they, they threw up on the table, they're in the hospital. Then they're all good. You find out the brother's dead. Cause he had like this weird tumor that suddenly popped up and then wow. they look healthy. You know, they seem to be doing okay. And it's not until they they're walking back home. She realizes She thinks that she killed her brother because of what she said, the Mephistopheles. And when they get home, they decide to get high again. And this is the first time that they actually are able to get high because there's a stretch in the middle where they can't. So I posit to you, right after this, they turn into assholes. So I think they were given the chance to start anew. And very Mm -hmm. much like the, the book of Genesis, somebody had to bite that apple. And they were cast back out to be the assholes
1: they really are. Okay. So that's what I say is the reason that they changed, okay, that's the work of the shit demon. I won't even say the name because it's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> well, you we could just call her mephi. I think that's what they call her <laughs> right
0: <laughs> So that's what I think happened was right they they had a chance for redemption and instead they went back to the charge. Wow, Huff some charge. <laughs> though the transition to uh to suddenly having an asshole face is pretty delightful
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the rating of this film uh it was not rated oh it was not rated okay it was
0: not rated um i had I think a feeling would... he would know that he couldn't he would most likely i guess probably get an nc-17
1: I would say NC 17 for sure.
0: Yeah. And, but I think too, this is a shoestring budget movie for for all intents and purposes. And to get a movie rated, that's expensive. So he's like, spent all his money making this movie. So no point in, you know, paying the MPAA five or eight grand or whatever it is.
1: That's why most of the indie movies that we see do not have a rating.
0: Yeah. That tangentially, yes. If yes. if there is if there isn't excessive or extreme content, forego the rating process because it's just costly and really that's just to get shown in chain theaters, which most indie films know they are not going to do. Right, not backed okay. by a studio, you are not going to get into a theater across. Right, the
1: yeah. man. I mean, it got distribution, so it did something
0: right. Well, I mean, he certainly I mean, I think, you know, he did. He got it on Amazon, which is his thing. And um, as to wherever else you can find it, I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of these subversive flicks that it will absolutely divide the audience and that sort of shit goes like gangbusters at a festival. So I'm not surprised um, that, you know, that this did as it did. Actually, I believe they created their own category of award at South by Southwest when okay. this movie played there because they wanted to give it something, but they didn't know what the hell to do. So in 2017, they actually created this award named after Adam Yauch from Beastie Boys in honor of yeah. his, his memory. And this Hornblower Award is given to a film from the Visions section, which was previously a non-competitive section and it's an award for uh, a filmmaker whose work strives to be wholly its own without regard for norms or desire to conform now that we know that makes perfect sense (laughs) this movie (laughs) is certainly its own and ain't nobody gonna tell it otherwise yeah
1: (laughs) it's interesting because uh this movie has been compared to the greasy strangler they, 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 I would uh, say a lot of the reviews uh compared those two movies as a very similar type of movies. They
0: they I I it's hard for me to say cuz I don't necessarily think that they are similar on the surface but the the unique voice, the tonality of the world is very clear and right. subversive and in th- that regard they are similar. Um, And they both, you know, have a bit of gross out humor in their own way, which uh, the audience will hear about when we get to Greasy Strangler and a few episodes down the road, um, which is one of my favorite movies. So it's uh, (laughs) these 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 are great. Um, Yeah, you need a bit of a strong steel stomach to sit through some of them sometime. But (laughs) you know what? Art is weird, and art is strange, and art can be beautiful and gross at the same time. And I think that the person or the the, uh, both both. (laughs) I think that things like this need to be given a chance. You know, see it for yourself. Decide. Chances are you might not like it, but you only know if you try. Okay. (laughs) Al, I want to thank you for uh, first of all putting yourself through it. And secondly, for coming to talk to me <laughs> about it today. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Art Hall. Will you refer this to any of your friends? This this um this movie. Absolutely, yes. Well, tell them yes. to go watch assholes.
1: Tell them to watch assholes. Um, I give it um 4.5 uh sphincters out of five sphincters. <laughs> Well, I guess
0: that's right. We I, how could I how could I almost sign off without even asking the most important question? How spicy is this movie's subversive sauce? I use a scale from one to ten. It's completely arbitrary, and, and, and you know, as the show goes on, th- this metric doesn't even matter. But it's just kind of fun to round it out that way. So I have to actually give this one like an eight. I have to give it an eight. Out Pretty of ten. Spicy. Out of ten. Yeah.
1: Out of ten. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go eight point five. Cause I already had the 0.5 with the, the 4.5 sphincters. Um, so I'll go 8.5. That's
0: right. And go by prices, right? Rules. If this actually was a nine, then you would have won. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, Al. Um, thank you. Make sure. Oh, actually, sorry, Al. Um, you'll be the first person that I have to promote something else. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and check out your work?
1: That's right. Um, thank you uh, for that, Art. Uh, Below the Belt Show is a long-running entertainment, pop culture, um, formerly internet radio show, now a podcast, officially a podcast show. You can catch us on belowthebeltshow.com, soundcloud.com slash show. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, Amazon Music, um, and all your favorite streaming platforms for podcasts and um, of course Art hall is featured in a couple episodes of below the belt show as well that is also true yeah so rock and roll
0: well thank you again al i appreciate it everybody out there check out assholes you can see it on amazon right now i think it costs like two bucks three bucks to rent and uh you may or may not regret it but you won't know till you try until next time this has been subversive cinema if you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content.